Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toyson Ford. Dan Casper here with you, as always, for every episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Coming up, second half here, so... Cherry Star, wife of uh, Bart Star, passing away uh, yesterday, and I had, um, again, very lucky, one of the lucky uh, people out there that got to meet her, um, chat a little bit with her. If you follow on my Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, you probably saw some of the photos. I have a letter uh, from her that's still framed up in my man cave, so I uh, passed away, uh, but I uh, with that in the second half so i i had a chance to go to a, a press conference when bart Starr was in eau claire and a couple weeks after is when he suffered those those strokes but we were allowed to ask one question i got to ask him a question i still have it saved after all these years but i'm going to replay that because cherry was also in there you can hear her a little bit uh helping answer the question so i wanted to play that so i'll talk a little bit more about that coming up in the second half here but also, I want to talk Bucks, Bucks with another win, and we're going to begin talking some Badger basketball. Another loss by the Badger men's basketball team. It's kind of a broken record at this point in time when it comes to this Badgers team. This has been an awful, awful month of February for this team. Since being ranked number six, they are two and six in the month of February. Another loss to a bottom tier team in the Big Ten Conference. Another loss on the road, too. It's it's their road issues that's that's given some, well, one of the po- issues that's kind of been popping up for this, for this Hoops team. But, you know, for all the strides, it seems like that this team has made offensively. You know, you had Kirk Penny coming in and being on, on the staff, on the coaching staff, and, and you know, kind of implementing a new offensive system so they've made strides offensively we've seen the statistics we've seen the numbers of you know offensive efficiency best offensive efficiency efficient team in the Greg Gard era but right now their defense stinks it's not good which I think when you think about some Badger teams you, you think about defense and I mean, first of all, last night you had a pulled fire up. I can't remember watching another game or or remember another game off the top of my head. I'm sure maybe there was, but off the top of my head, I can't remember another game where there was uh, a delay or a pause, I should say, because somebody pulled the fire alarm. Now, if this was Indiana, here we go. Conspiracy. Kind of like the Super Bowl between the Ravens and the 49ers. Remember that? How many years ago? I don't know. We, we got we to check the cameras over there in Indiana to see who pulled that fire alarm. But um, the the game itself, it, it was the same stuff that kind of popped up, it, it feels like. Defensive breakdowns. And you look at Indiana. Offensively, they were 12th, or, yeah, 12th in the conference in scoring. 113th in the nation in, in adjusted offense. And Wisconsin's defense was putrid last night indiana was kind of dominating in the paint in the early goings they were able to penetrate to the lane 
quick guards. Wisconsin can't slow him down. Stephen Crawl, defensively down in the post. I mean, where's where's the defense for for this team? Times Indiana was just bullying Wisconsin last night. And when you've got poor defensive play, like like this Badger basketball team has right now. You got to be perfect. You almost got to nearly be perfect on offense. I feel like we're talking about the Packers when we're talking about this now. Where you almost got to be like perfect on offense to make up for the inefficient defensive play at this point in time. And maybe on the offside, it's, I feel like we've been kind of having this topic for, for a lot of our main teams in Wisconsin right now. Whether it's got to be almost perfect defensively because your offense isn't going to do anything. Brewers last year. Bucks. <laughs> One, I mean, their offense was great. Defense was awful at the beginning. Now it was kind of like defense is getting better, but their offense stinks. Where's the complimentary basketball in this thing? But back to the Badgers. I mean, their offense had to be like almost good. I mean, I mean, I should say good, like perfect. And when your defense is struggling as much as they did. Whew. And and Wisconsin, here's here's a statistic from from last night's game that to me is kind of really stands out too, and maybe in terms of aggressiveness and and you know I know you can look at this team and be like, okay, who's the guy? And this is something I've I've said a few times, like who is that guy? That's kind of like your closer or the guy that. You want the ball in, in their hands when it's tight, close at the end of the game, to create something. I don't know if they have that guy. But here's here's a statistic. The Badgers went to the free throw line three times last night. To the charity stripe three times. That's it. That's it. Three times. Two of three from the free throw line. That's ridiculous. Where's the aggressiveness? Where's where's driving like where's I mean they call it free throws. They call it the charity strike for a reason. Three times? That's inexcusable. And Wisconsin, I mean, I know they were out rebounding them on the offensive side, but they weren't capitalized. I think on their ten offensive rebounds, what they just got five points off that? And then Indiana out-rebounded them on the defensive side by 10, plus 10. And, you know, you look at, again, bench production. Blackwell, the freshman, hey, he played 23 minutes. He had 11 11 points. He was like one of the lone bright spots. After that, nothing, literally nothing in terms of bench production. Connor, 6 minutes, 0 for 2 from the field. Winner, 0 for 1. I mean, it's just, it's... It's frustrating. And then the Badgers, again, shot 30.8% from three. And Indiana, not a good shooting team, not a good three-point shooting team coming into this game. They shot the ball well last night from, from three. Maybe a little bit of that is that lock. Could be. But where's where's the defense? Where's the perimeter defense? Where's the aggressiveness? They shot 6 of 14 for nearly 43% from, from three. It's just, it seems like, again, it's a broken record, a lot of the same stuff. Is it 
So, here, yeah, here's the nugget from, from three. Indiana was 16 of 70 from three on its four-game losing streak that they were currently on. That's 22.9%. Indiana had quite a few open looks last night, and they took advantage of it shooting 42.9% from three. And Wisconsin, for the most part, when you look at it from from opponent's side, they've they've done a good job in terms of limiting attempts from from opponents from three point, but the percentage is thirty six point five percent, which is second worst in the league in allowing. And you got to give credit to, to Indiana. I mean, they they had a couple player aware twenty seven points. I mean, the guy was on fire. Eleven of twelve from from the field. Dude was just taken over. Torched the Badgers. But again, where's that? Maybe that one guy that this Badgers team that you're like, okay, crunch time. You want the ball in his hands, but also that guy on on the defensive side. It's like, okay, shut it down. Shut it down. But where was able to? Drive the lane, posting up Chucky Chucky Hepburn. Mid range, long range. He, dude was, dude was playing awesome. You got to give him a little credit there. So, I don't want. I, I'm not one of those that likes to preach firing or fire this guy or cut this guy or or whatever. I don't. I want everybody to succeed. I want coaches to succeed. I want players to to succeed, and and all that. But you kind of, I I wonder if you look at this. What I, I would love to know what's going on in in Chris McIntosh's mind right now when he sees this this team, and and maybe some of it too is that got caught up in the hype. I mean, I think we all. I'll, I'll go back to it when they were ranked six. It's like, holy, you know what? Holy cow. Holy crap. Yep, you know, nation overlooked the Badgers again. Here they are, outperforming expectations. Well, maybe they've come down to earth, and this is this is what they were supposed to be this year. Maybe. But I do wonder what is going. I would love to be, like, in the mind Chris McIntosh right now. And I think he still kind of fairly knew that we don't really know what he's thinking, what kind of moves he maybe has on the horizon or what he's thinking. Yes, he's made some bold moves, bringing in Luke Fickle, moving on from Paul Chris and bringing in Luke Fickle. I think we kind of saw the writing on the wall with Tony Granado and that and that hockey team, but right now it sure seems like he nailed that hiring of Mike Hastings and this year this team has blown out expectations surpassed expectations for that hockey team I mean we're talking about potentially winning the Big Ten this weekend they can take care of business against Michigan State but all that factored in you kind of won like I think there's that that thought from from some fans out there it's like okay you know we, we see we've seen what McIntosh has done with a couple big time programs already Making changes, making moves, and I think that's where you're seeing some more chatter out there. Is like where where some fans are expecting or thinking maybe a move's going to be made because it seems like McIntosh, when he sees something that's maybe not 
kosher, not up to par. He's not afraid to to make a bold move, to to make a move at that point. Even if they are his mentor, Barry Alvarez's picks. We've seen that a couple times, right? So I'll tell you right now, I don't know what's going to happen with with Greg Gard and, and his future. I could see, I mean, would we be surprised either way? Maybe you would prefer a decision over another, but in terms of like, would you actually be surprised? If he's coaching again next year, given another year, I wouldn't be. Would you be surprised if at the end of the season a change is to be made? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either way. I honestly wouldn't. I just, I, this trend is not good right now. But maybe we just, maybe that's our fault too as fans because did we have, you know, drank the Kool Aid a little too much when they got up to number six? And it's like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have. I drank it. I was pumped. I'm a, I mean, I'm a fan. I want my team to be good, and when they're ranked number six, heck yeah, I'm going to be like all pumped up and excited about it. Why wouldn't you? I don't want to be the fan like Randy Quaid in Major League Two coming up with excuses for your team's success all the time. Yeah, they'll blow it in the play. I don't want to be that kind of fan. There's too many of those out there already. But it's going to be interesting to kind of follow this in the offseason, depending on how this team uh, finishes the rest of the season. All right, let's take a quick break. That second poll question, let's uh, let's get some more votes on there too. Again, if you don't have Twitter, you can text me with your picks or your comments or your thoughts. But uh, the second poll question, who's the best non-quarterback player in the NFL right now? All right, Bucks. Dominating last night, picking up the win against the Charlotte Hornets. This is exactly what I wanted to see. 123-285. Beatdown. Charlotte only putting up 26 points at the half. Kind of just let it... I don't want to say that that the Bucks kind of called it you know, in, in the fourth quarter there. Charlotte outscored them 36-27. to But, I mean... You had Giannis and Dame only having to play 24 minutes uh, last night. The big thing, you know, and once had this throughout this nugget at the uh, at the beginning of the of the program here. This was again from from Justin Garcia from Brewers uh, Radio Network. Bucks defensive rating in the 13 games since Doc Rivers took over is 110.4, uh, tied with the Cleveland Cavaliers for fifth best in the league. By the way, Cleveland hitting that epic game winning what 60 footer to win. So they still are up above the uh, the Bucks in the standings, but uh, tied with the Cavs for the fifth fifth best in the league. It's third best since the coaching change, including Joe Prunty's three games as interim head coach. I think the biggest thing. So we've seen defensive improvement for, from this Bucks team. We've all we've also seen offensive numbers go down a little bit. You know, under Adrian Griffin, second highest scoring team in the league behind Indiana, one of the, the highest ones. Remember. Play in tournament when it was Bucks and in Indiana, everybody was like, "Oh, good lord, this is going to be a high-scoring game. Buckle up!" And ever since then, it's been a little down offensively. I think the big reason why is they're just slowing it down a little bit. They're they're slowing it down a little bit, and this Bucks team now with Giannis and Dame, they're grinding it out, playing efficient basketball. 
and just grinding it out with these teams, making these teams, you know, just kind of work at it, trying to beat this team. It's not a shootout. It's not a race up and down the court. It's not necessarily fast-paced and all that. And I think by slowing it down a little bit, not only have, have we seen it imp- help improve the defense, but I feel like that's also helping the Giannis and Dame connection a little bit. Because there was always this thought like, oh, are they on the same page yet? Are, are they quite on, not quite on the same page yet? I think by just kind of like, all right, let's let's take a step back here a little bit. We know we got a lot of offensive firepower. We know we got some we got players, but let's let's just take it take it back a little bit. It's not necessarily like taking your foot off the gas and not being aggressive. I think they're just kind of slowing it down a little bit and making and grinding out teams and playing just more efficient basketball. And I think that's allowing this team to kind of start to gel and kind of start to play as a cohesive group. And I think this is the trend you're going to see. I think you're going to see the Bucks, you know, not going to be averaging 130 points, 120-some points every night. They may win games by, like, 190 or 105 to, to 97, something like that. And that's okay. I'm okay. I... If this is what it's going to take for this team to finally kind of get everything together, I'm fine with that. The only statistic I worry about right now is wins. It's all I care about. I want this team to win. Not put up 140 points if it means you're going to give up 130. Not, you know, allow... I mean, obviously we would allow this team to, you know, allow... As few points as possible, but I just I don't care about individual statistics. I don't care about you know the only team statistic I care about right now is wins, wins versus losses. And I think this is the main change that we're seeing with this Bucks team is that they're just kind of you know slowing it down a little bit, playing more efficient basketball, and forcing teams to kind of grind it out. And they're grinding out, they're grinding down teams too with their style of play. And I think you're starting to see more of a connection between Dame and Giannis. Like that nonverbal communication, that's so key. That's why I think it's going to hopefully make these two really dangerous when it gets to postseason time. Chris Middleton's close to coming back, Doc Rivers said. Um, Don't expect him to be on this road trip, though, this quick road trip where they go to Charlotte on Thursday, then they got Chicago on Friday. Uh, Doc did say if... Middleton did go with them, though, that he probably would be playing. So he's close. I still feel like maybe we're going to see him next week at the beginning of that uh, stretch run where that's a tough schedule coming up there. But it's also a great test to see where this team is going to be, where they're at as they get closer to the postseason. All right, we've got a couple minutes. Good morning, Morgs. Nice Man Cave podcast hat. Thank you. Repping that, is that some of the new merch? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Sorry, I had to take a swig of what, cough. Is that what's in there? Yeah. It smells smells a little bourbony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Victory so th- scotch on a Wednesday. Talking basketball. What's your favorite basketball shot to make? I only bring this up because I snagged Siggy from Open Gym over the weekend and she got in the car on cloud nine because she hit a perfect swish from the three. What's your favorite shot to make in basketball? Take yourself so, back to the glory days on the Medford. Are you a layup guy? Sweet spot, we call it. The sweet spot. All right, let's talk about the sweet spot. My driveway, my sweet spot. Okay. Was, if I'm looking at it, 
the right wing, the right side. Okay. Love this. That was my sweet spot. You hit him all the time, all day long? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, what's your favorite position, If not just for your sweet spot shot, but just position? Are you post? Are you? What are you? I would, I, I, I liked, uh, so it'd be like the three. Okay. Um, small forward, forward guard sort of stuff. So so now yeah. we'll translate that to watching a game. Do you like to watch those positions closer, the ones you played or like, or do you kind of take in the whole thing? Whole thing. Yeah. You know, Big I, picture? Yeah. I love my 90s hoops where it was more post-play and yeah. inside-out sort of play, where this one is just chuck it up from 40 feet okay. sort of thing. So, But it's that's the style of game now. Okay. I mean, even Hudson, that's what he's doing. He's just chucking up threes in the driveway. Do you think he's going to be a baller? Oh, he's his top two is football and basketball easily. Right there. So more so than sitting out in the field. Mm-hmm. See, we're gearing up for softball season. Siggy picked the diamond. That's her sport of choice yeah. right now. So. Yeah, he's not he's not feeling baseball right now, which oh. I'm he's he's like me. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, it's like, okay, it's football season, I'm football. So you just it's shift basketball. gears. It's it's always a season. It just yeah. is centric to that sport. Yep. I can yep. see that. It's whatever's on TV that he can watch too. Well, except figure skating, which is weirdly on now, but does not fill the gap that NFL leaves behind when nope. it lives for the season. Nope. Yeah. Nope. All right, so we're going to do Wednesday wild card. Pick a number between 1 and 10. Uh, 7. What's your go-to midnight snack? Chips. Really? I'm very unhealthy. No, it's not unhealthy. Chips are a thing. They, no. don't, count, they don't count past the 8 o'clock hour, but you got to give us a bet. Are you a sun chip guy? Are you a baked Lay's guy? Are you salt and vinegar? I would eat more salt uh, sun chips or underrated, in my opinion. Siggy loves a good sun chip. Yeah. Otherwise, it's always like the Doritos. Or Cheetos? Just Doritos. Yeah, but are you Cheetos, too? Mm, kind of. Cool Ranch or Nacho Doritos? Cool Ranch. 100%. All day long? Yes. Okay. As yeah. the kids call it at the concession stand, the blue bag. Yeah. You want the blue bag of Doritos all day long? 100%. Yep. All right. Time for one more wild card question? Yep. One through ten. Uh, we'll go four. Who would play you in a movie of your life? Matthew McConaughey. You wish. <laughs> you wish. That would really play you. Um, everybody says I look like uh, Zelensky from the Ukraine. You do. So <laughs> you do have maybe. that presence. Because he used to be a comedian, right? So he's kind of an actor. Yeah, you do have that Zelensky look. Yeah. I, you know, I think he's tied up right now, though. He's not yeah. really busted into the movie scene with this whole war busy, thing going so. on. He's got his hands pretty tied up. Yeah. Maybe you can get mad on it then. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Wow. Yeah. Right. You can do it. It could so. work. Now we got to think of the title. Michael next. Keaton, too. Dazed and Confused. Are you thinking of taking a spring break trip this year? Or maybe you're already eyeing up that summer vacation, but you're not quite sure if you have the proper transportation for those road trips. Hey, that's where Toys and Ford can help you. Toys and Ford has a wide selection of new and used vehicles for you to check out. And at Toys and Ford, they treat you like an honored guest. They will work with you on financing no matter what your budget may be. So if you're looking for that new vehicle this year, head to Toys and Ford, located at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa Falls. We are always looking to save a little money in our pockets, but we still need our essentials like our grocery items. So how do you save money while also getting what you need for your family? Hy-Vee Perks. If you shop at Hy-Vee, you're already getting a great deal on quality items throughout the store. But now you can save more money with Hy-Vee Perks on different items each week. Saving some money is easy if you shop at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. So take advantage of these awesome deals and sales and stop on over at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire today. So as I kind of said in the beginning, I was uh, a, a lucky person a while back to have gotten to meet Bart Starr and Cherry Starr. Uh, got to ask a question to, to Bart Starr for, for a presser. We were allowed one question, and honestly, it was one of my 
probably my even first main presser that I've been to. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I still don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I really didn't know what the hell I was doing then. And I remember being at that presser and, and people were asking him questions about like the NFL salary cap and how much money they're making and all that. And I wanted to ask a question, something different from that. So the question I asked him was, you know, since he's been such a great role model to so many, who were who were some of his role models? Who were some of his favorite athletes? And he answered that. But also, the reason I'm playing this again is because you can hear uh, Cherry help him answer a little bit or, or kind of chime in. She was sitting right in front of me uh, at the at the presser, and I remember she turned around and, and talked to me while she's kind of talking to, to Bart over there too. So, And then he obviously talks about her. Um, and then I got to talk to Cherry a little bit afterwards, got a picture with her, sent her a letter uh, after, you know, Bart had um, suffered those strokes. She sent one back. I've got that and that picture frame still in my man cave to uh, to this day. The one one of the, the many things we could probably say about Cherry Star and Bart Star, but the, the one thing I would probably say is if you say if you talk about one, you, you kind of have to mention the other because they were such a I mean, they were they were a couple, but. They were always together. They they Bart always talked about her. She always talked about him. I mean, everything you hear, you see, you read about is exactly true in real life. Probably the two nicest people you will ever, ever, ever encounter in your life. And I'm and I'm not just saying that because they, you know, Packer player and all that. Down to earth, just fantastic people. And I don't think you can say one name without the other they were always attached they were they were a team they were a team so she passed away uh the other day age of 89 so i want to play that clip uh for you right now it's only a couple minutes long here yes sir dan casper for way 790 uh you've been such a great role model for everybody of all ages and i was just curious when you were growing up who was some of your role models that you looked up to that so many people look up to you now well thank you uh joe dimaggio was my favorite uh, here was baseball, but I just, and I grew up being a big baseball fan, but I had the pleasure of meeting him. A friend of mine took me on a trip to New York and arranged it so that I could meet him personally. And the biggest thrill I ever had to meet that man, you know, obviously at the prime of his career, and to go all the way to New York and have the chance to do it was just, I don't even know how to describe it to you, but... Uh, Fabulous, fabulous gentleman. And there were others in other sports as well as uh, people like that that you got to know and thrilled about. And uh, I'm a big basketball fan, for example. Love to go to basketball games and, and went to every basketball game, played at the University of Alabama during the basketball season <laughs> because of my love for it. And uh, she and I didn't live too far away from the uh, campus there in uh, Tuscaloosa. And we went to a lot of games together. But it was great to get to know people, even in other sports, and uh, become identified with them and sense and feel and observe what they were doing to make themselves better. Honey? Yes. Babe, you also. Oh. Babe Pirelli. Babe, you, yeah. You yeah, Babe Pirelli was uh, one of my all-time favorites. I met him uh, when he was at Kentucky. And I was about that far away from going to Kentucky. <laughs> to go to school when I was coming out of high school, except that I had fallen in love with this beautiful little lady here, <laughs> and this is a true story. I had fallen in love with her as, as a junior in high school and was doing everything I could to 
get a date with her on occasion as rapidly as I could and so on. And when I discovered that she was <clears throat> going to go to Auburn, uh, I was vacillating between Alabama and Kentucky because of Babe, Kentucky. Uh, I just eliminated Kentucky because I wanted to be as close to Auburn as I could, and Tuscaloosa is a lot closer <laughs> than, than Lexington is. So I passed on that, and it was uh, one of the biggest uh, tough decisions that I that I ever had to make. But uh, Babe was a fabulous, fabulous player, and I loved him. And he was in Green Bay when you came to Green Bay. That was a- well. That's, that's exactly right. You go ahead and tell that story. <laughs> it was nice that that you ended up being on the same team with him. Well, I ended up being on that same team with Babe there in Green Bay. And it was quite a thrill, quite an honor, and it's something we'll always remember. But uh, I'm grateful to him because of what he caused me to do and design to do in college in order to be able to go and date this sweet lady. And uh, I gave up going to Kentucky to see him some so I could go to Auburn, Alabama and See see her while I was at Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for the University of Alabama. <laughs> so I owe a lot to that man. Rest in peace, Cherry Star. She is now with uh, with Bart. That's going to do it for us on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Toys and Ford. Thanks as always for tuning in, and if you got a few seconds, if you haven't done so already. If you could give us a five-star review or a five-star rating and a positive review like on Apple and Spotify so others can find that podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.